Welcome to the Mastering Midlife Podcast, where we talk about all the crazy fun things that happen when you are a midlife mama. I'm your host, Heather London. Let's dig in. Hello, and welcome to episode 41. You're going to want to listen really carefully to this one, because today we're going to talk about how to get anything you want in midlife, of course. What we want in midlife is different from what we wanted before we had kids or even during kids. So the whole point of that, of what, why I'm saying that is because we're always changing and evolving and our wants and desires are always changing. And so when we hit midlife, when our kids dump us and break up with us and we have all this time on our hands and we're trying to rediscover our purpose, we want to really get curious about who we are now, what's important to us now in this stage of our life and who we've become from our from our past experiences of raising kids. So it's going to be different. We can't just snap back to old wants and desires or what we wanted to create because that's just not who we are now. So first of all, we want to decide what it is that we want to create. And I want to offer this up to you before we go any further. If we can think it in our brains, if it's a thought in our head, then we can create it 100%. Because if we didn't have the capacity to think about it, we couldn't be able to create it. So sometimes people will think, ah, oh, is that too big of a, too audacious of a goal for me? And I'm here to say no. If it's in your brain, it is possible for you too. So now you're like, damn, that means that I can do those big scary things. Yes, now you got to go out and do it. We have a goal. And when we feel like we're failing, that's when we give up and think this isn't possible. And the reason we think we're failing is because we haven't achieved it yet. And I want people to be aware of this because it's not that we can't do it or it's not possible for us, but somewhere in our brain, we told ourselves that here's how long it should take to achieve this. And if we haven't achieved it by this time, then we're failing. And remember, that was just an arbitrary date that we put in our head. So if we could open up our brain and, and say to ourselves, do we know how long it takes? No. Why don't we know how long it takes? Because we've never done it before. And so it takes as long as it takes. So if we're not judging ourselves, whether it's a success, success or a failure based on how long it takes, that takes the pressure off of ourselves. So we're not telling ourselves that we failed because it hasn't happened yet. And that's something you want to be aware of. Am I feeling this because I'm telling myself I should have done it by now? It should have happened by now. I'm not doing it fast enough because those things aren't true. And you want to notice that and call your brain out on that. Here's my philosophy on how to get anything you want. If you do anything, and I don't care like what it is, it, this applies to everything across the board. If you do anything enough times, you will get good at it or you'll be successful or succeed at it. Doesn't matter what it is. You have to do it enough times and 100% you will succeed. You can never fail if you're thinking, I'm going to do it until I get it. I'm going to keep doing as long as it takes until I get it. If you haven't achieved it yet, all it means is that you haven't done it enough times yet. 
So everything is possible. Like I said, if you can think it in your brain, then it's a possibility here in, in your reality. My oldest son, Fee, has this philosophy. And I want to share it with you because it's totally legit. <laughs> Bang on. And it is, if you take any of these athletes, they you could be as good as they are because they're that good because they put in the time and practice. And at first I was like, I don't think so, but it's true. It's true. If you put in just as much time as they did, you have the ability to be just as good as they are. And now if they have extra natural talent, all that means is that you have to put in more time than them to get as good as them. But the reason they're so good at what they do is because they put the time in to learn the skills to get good at it over and over and over and over again. You have to be willing to suck at it for a while. Most people try something and they suck and then they give up because they're like, I suck. But sucking at it is is a rite of passage. Sucking at it means that you're trying something new. You're putting yourself up there out there. You will fail. That's how it is. You're not just going to instantly be good at something. So when you tell your brain, I'm trying this new thing and I'm going to fail at it. I'm going to be bad at it for a while and I'm okay being bad at it for a while. Once you give yourself permission and acknowledge that that's going to happen, then it takes the sting out of that. It takes all the pressure. It takes like, that's when people uh, give up and it, and you'll pass that first hurdle, which is being willing to suck at it for a while because you're going to fail. Remember, that's just part of the process. That's how it goes. It's what you do when you fail that makes the difference between achieving your goals or giving up. That's the difference between the people who are really successful. Not even If we take this and apply it to not even professional athletes, to entrepreneurs or business owners, they are just willing to put in more time and effort than the other people. They just never give up. They become obsessed with it and they put all their time into it. And so if you are willing to do that, you will succeed every single time every single time. The difference the, from those that achieve their goals and those that don't is self-discipline. That's what it is. It's just self-discipline. It's not that because you don't know how or you haven't done it before. It's the self-discipline of being committed to getting good at it. That's all it is. That's why great athletes are so great is because of their self-discipline. They're willing to do all the things that the others aren't willing to do. They're willing to forego a social life because they're training all the time. They're willing to not eat the junk food because they're, they're fueling their body with the best food because they know that that might make the difference between them and the person that's like 0.5 of a second behind them. They're willing to do the things that other people aren't willing to do. Like Michael Phelps, he's the greatest swimmer of all time. Why is he so great at swimming? Because that's all he did. He trained all day, every day, even when he didn't want to. He was in the water and the people he was competing against had finished their training and he kept going. That's what makes him so good as well as those super long arms of his. But it's because he put in the time. That's what made him so good. 
Michael Jordan stays after practice for hours every day when everyone else stops and they go home and they're tucked in their bed. He is still practicing over and over and over again. He didn't make his high school basketball team. And if he would have listened to his high school coach, he would have given up and he would have, the world would never have experienced the phenomenon that was Michael Jordan because he believed in himself and he knew that in order that he wasn't the best, but in order for him to get better and to be the best, he had to put in more time and effort than those that were the best, even the ones who were naturally more athletic than he was because he trained so much, he could even surpass those people. And that is speaking to the philosophy that my son Phoenix said is that, yeah, those people might naturally be more athletically inclined, but if you outwork them, outpractice them, you will become better. And he applies this to his business. If I want to be the best at what I'm doing, I just have to want it more than the other person. I have to be willing to do what they're not willing to do, put more hours into it, dedicate myself to it. And that philosophy will work every single time. Most people know what they need to do to reach their goals. So that's not the problem. A lot of people will use that as a problem. I don't know how to do it, but that's not the problem. The problem is that they don't actually do it. For example, let's use weight loss, for example, because that's like the perfect one. When I work with my clients, most of the people come to see me about midlife weight loss because it's a thing, 100%. Our body changes no matter what we've been doing. It changes and we gain weight and then we got to figure out how to balance it out again. And it's not that they don't know what to do, like what to eat. I teach them that so they know that that's not the problem. The problem is the self-discipline to do the things that they need to do in order to get that result. So they don't need to put more attention on what food should I eat because they know exactly what foods to eat. They don't need to put more attention on how much I should eat because I tell them exactly how much to eat. And they don't need to put more attention on when they should eat because I tell them exactly when they should eat. And it's different for everybody. So we come up with their perfect protocol for them. So that's not the problem. The problem is doing it. The problem is having the self-discipline to do that every single day, even when they don't want to do it because that's where they'll get the results. So we got to figure out not how to change the food. We got to figure out the self-discipline. So a lot of people, when it comes to that sort of thing, are focusing on the wrong thing. So now that we know what to focus on, that's like a huge win right there. Einstein said, Heather, look, (laughs) we were having this conversation and he said to me, Heather, you know, if I had a problem, I'd spend 95% of the time figuring out exactly what the problem is and only 5% of the time fixing the problem. And Einstein was not wrong because a lot of the times we're trying to fix a problem and we don't know what the problem is, so we're wasting time and we're not getting to the heart of what the problem is. And that's why when when we talk about the 95%, it's the self-discipline, right? What's the problem? Is the problem that I don't know what to eat? Mm Mm-mm. The problem is that I know exactly what to eat. The problem is I'm not doing it. So do you see how we don't want to focus our attention on the food because that's not the problem? 
that that way we're just spinning our wheels. But when we focus on how to become self-disciplined, how to take the action that we know, then you're going to see wildly amazing results. So that's how easy it is when you know what the exact problem is. That's the whole philosophy of what is the exact, what exactly is the problem. Let's spend a lot of time and understand that first so that we can just be laser focused on how to solve that. So the problem is self-discipline, which is doing what it takes on a daily basis to become successful. Even when it's hard, doing what it takes on a daily basis, even when you don't want to, even when you're tired, even when you don't think you can, even when your body doesn't allow you to, even when everybody else has given up and gone home, that is when we want to still be doing it. And we got to get good at being self-disciplined. So if you spend your time on being self-disciplined, you'll get the results that you want. In midlife, that often pertains to weight. That's the biggest thing. That's the first reason why people come to see me. But then when we work together, they see the big picture. And then that's just a, a symptom of something. Another reason is for health. As we get into midlife, our body literally changes overnight. I'm always amazed by how quickly my body changes without having, like nothing has gone wrong or there hasn't been something that happened. It's just naturally changing. And how we see that and approach that makes all the difference in the world. It's not just necessarily physically how we approach it, but mentally how we approach it. What are we making that mean about ourselves? And how is that affecting us? Just our thoughts alone. Our relationships change. Our relationships with our kids. That's what I'm talking about all the time. That's the biggest one for me right now. Um, Our relationships with our partners, because before it was like, hey, let's do everything for these kids. Let's focus on the kids. And now it's coming back together, who, oh, hello, I forgot about you, I remember you, who are we now? What does our relationship look like now? Redefining who you are and redefining who you are in this relationship and redefining what the relationship looks like. A relationship is is like a living, breathing thing and it's always growing and changing and we need to change with that. We need to change our relationship with who we are now. And the biggest one is purpose. Purpose is the biggest reason, like that's why I say people come to me and it's usually weight loss because that's like what they see and what as females is most present in our um, everyday life and how we think we're worthy or not. But the biggest thing is always our life purpose. So our life purpose was our kids. Our kids don't need us as much anymore. And now if I'm not little Johnny's mom, who am I? What's my purpose in life if it's not to take care of these people? So now we have like that whole existential crisis. What's my, what's my reason for being here? And that's the biggest reason why people come to see me. They just don't know it yet. So this is going to be huge for achieving these types of goals. So in the spirit of all of this, knowing that self-discipline is the key to getting anything we want in, in midlife, to creating any goal that we want, Let me share with you my top three simple steps to self-discipline so you can achieve all of your midlife goals. You can create anything you want for yourself in midlife. So the three simple steps to self-discipline. Number one, this is the biggest one, start small. 
What can you do on your worst day? When people have a goal, quite often we make the mistake of biting off this huge desire and to-do list and things that we're going to do and how we're going to do it because we're excited. And yes, in the moment that might be doable, but a year from now, can you still do that? Nuh-uh, not possible. So you want to know, hmm, okay, okay, if I'm going to be doing this every single day on my worst day, what's the bare minimum that I could do? And that's where you start. And you tell yourself, Heather, even on days when I'm not feeling well, or it's rainy and cold, and I don't want to get out of bed or whatever it is, I know that I can at least do this little thing. Perfect. So we put that into our calendar. This is what I'm committed to every single day as the bare minimum. And then on the days that aren't your worst days, you can do more because you're like, "Mm, that wasn't so bad. So if we're talking about exercise, you're like, I'm going to get up and I'm just going to walk around the block once. That's the bare minimum that I could be committed to. And then when summer comes and it's light early, you're like, damn, I could go for 30 minutes to the lake and back. Like, so we know we've gotten our bare minimum in and the rest is a bonus. And what you'll find is most of the days you will do the bonus stuff, but you have your own back on the days when you're having a bad day and you're letting yourself just do that little bit and you're not missing, but you're also not beating yourself up because most of this is what we tell ourselves about all of this, right? It's like, if we think that it's hard and we can't do it or that we've failed because we didn't do it, then our brain is going to tell us that we can't do it and that we failed. And then we're going to send ourselves into that spiral of I'm, I've failed because I missed one day. So what can you do on your worst day and make that your minimum? And then everything else above that is a bonus. That's how we start. That's the baseline of self-discipline. And the second step is noticing like where in your life are you already self-disciplined? What area are you really good at being consistent with and showing up every day for yourself? And if you can't find one, if you're like, Heather, I don't even know if I'm self-disciplined in any area. Let's start with the basics of brushing your teeth. I'm pretty sure you brush your teeth every day, at least once a day, hopefully twice, but that is self-discipline. You do that all the time. Why do you do that? Because you don't want cavities. Because you know if you do that every day, that one little thing every day, it will be preventative big time in getting cavities. So that would be how you know that you are capable of self-discipline. And then you get curious about it. Why can I be self-disciplined there? Like, why is that easy for me to do? What does that look and feel like for me when I'm self-disciplined? right? Is it hard in the moment? And do I feel good later? Or is it just super easy because um, it's something I've been doing for a long time? Or I told myself that it's super easy. Why is this working over here in the self-discipline department? What about it makes it easy for me to do? And then see if you can take that and apply it to the one that you've just created for yourself, the new self-discipline. How can I apply, take that thinking, that logic, how I show up and apply it to this new thing that I'm trying to create that's harder for me. And then number three is you want to celebrate the wins. You want to show up and be like, hey girl, look what you did. You did this for two days in a row. That's a win. 
you did this for a week in a row. That's awesome. You were thinking positive while you were doing it. That's awesome. You made it easy on yourself. You uh, are sharing other people, telling other people what you're doing to help yourself become accountable. That's awesome. Like, what are the small little wins that might not seem like a big win, but it is a win? When I'm working with my clients, I call this like a good an example of this is like a non-scale victory. So we're conditioned to only think we're being successful if we step on the scale and it says you've lost a pound. But what are all the non-scale victories that you, the fact that you have more energy, your head is clear, your skin is clear, your pants fit better, you can tie your shoes, you can go up and down the stairs without getting tired, you can keep up with your family. Like those are all non-scale victories that we want to focus on that we've never even give ourselves credit for before. And that's what you want to do is what are the small little wins that we could celebrate? Another good example is Duolingo. I've been using Duolingo and they do that all the time. It's like, hey, you have a seven day streak, celebrate with your friends and you can send your friends celebrations and they receive it and that boosts you. I know if somebody, I know somebody saw that I did a, a streak and then they celebrate me. I'm like, Oh, that's such a good little celebration. And you could do that for yourself. Instead of it having to come from outside of you, you can celebrate your own wins because your brain is going to always go to like, this is hard. Yeah, it's hard because you've never done it before. It's hard because you're failing until you start winning. You're failing because you're figuring out how to do it. And your brain is like, ah, you failed. You don't know how to do this. You just You should stop doing it. This is scary, right? That's what your brain tells you to do. But when you celebrate the wins, your brain can be like, oh, this isn't so bad. Ah, I'm doing okay. Hmm? Then you're starting to focus on what is working. And when you focus your brain on what is working, it makes it way easier to be on board with that. Because whatever we focus our attention on is what we create more of. So if our attention is on it's not working, all we're going to see is how it's not working. And it's going to be harder to be self-disciplined and show up and do that smallest thing. But when we focus on how it is working, even the smallest win and we celebrate it, then our brain starts to focus on the positives. And it's more likely to encourage you to do something when it's positive, because we can see that it's going to benefit you in the end, because our brain is designed to keep us safe. So the more we do this, the more our brain becomes used to it and adjusted to it. And it's helping our brain see and realize how it is serving us. So Remember, the key here in achieving any goal, getting anything you want, is to be consistent. And the way that you're consistent is with self-discipline. So when, it, when you have consistency, it means if you do something small over a long period of time, you'll get huge results down the road. You won't see it on the daily, but a year from now, you'll be like, whoa, look what I created. But every day you're doing it, you won't see that result. It's like when you have a jug of water and you want to empty the water and you take a, a tablespoon out every day, you won't notice that tablespoon every day. You won't notice it. You won't even notice it after a week or a couple of weeks. You won't notice it until it's halfway down. And then all of a sudden you'll be like half the water is gone. And that's what this is like. It's like having, you know, compound results. You do the work that you've put in and I promise you, it will blow your own damn mind. Just keep going every single day. So just to recap the three simple steps of self-discipline, start small, know where you are, like 
understand and recognize where you have been self-disciplined so that you know that you can be self-disciplined like in other areas of your life and be curious how you did that and then apply it to this and then celebrate all the wins no matter how small so that your brain will see that this is good and you can keep going. Okay, the juicy takeaway today is that the key to your getting anything you want is in self-discipline. So if you aren't getting the results, focus your attention on becoming more self-disciplined and you will win every single time, I promise. Thank you for listening. As always, love yourself first on a daily basis, you guys, every single day, love yourself and have an amazing day.